Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Riley's going to keep it and then throw. And Adarius Pullman's got a pair. Touchdown Eskimos. This one from 51 to tie it. Ball is up. And it is through. Sean White has done it again. It's off the boards. Two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back here. Short side. He scores. Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight. And wins the game in It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, plug in the amplifier and wake the cat. It's Inside Sports on 6.30 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Update from Yankee Stadium. Blue Jays leading the Yankees 1-0. That is in the bottom of the fourth. There is a new member of the Edmonton Eskimos. They have signed defensive end Philip Hunt. He is 30 years of age. He spent the last few seasons in the NFL bouncing around a little bit, cut by the New Orleans Saints earlier this year. When he was in the CFL in 09 and 10, he was outstanding with Winnipeg. 18 sacks in 25 games. Not sure he's going to get in the lineup in time to play on Saturday in the rematch against the Calgary Stampeders, but the Eskimos defensive line clearly not getting enough pressure on the quarterback, so Ed Hervey and company making a move to try to correct that again. Who has the drum kit in the background, Matthew Panashik? I told you to... He played the drum for me, pa rum pa pam pam Is that the little drummer boy? What's he doing here? I told him he's not on until Thursday. 6.07 is the time of day. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. Matthew Panashik is your studio operator and apparently the little drummer boy uh, circling the studio. Here's what we're going to do tonight. It's going to be a wonderful program for you. We have Ryan Smith on the show. Remember him? Former Edmonton Oiler. He'll join us in about uh, 8 or 10 minutes or so. He is now part of the ownership group of the AJHL's Spruce Grove Saints. So uh, he'll tell us how that came to be. Uh, a guy, uh, I talked to him this afternoon, obviously, Dan Shulman, play-by-play voice for the, I guess, occasional play-by-play voice for the Toronto Blue Jays on Sportsnet, also a college basketball commentator on uh, ESPN in the States. He's going to be on tonight. Kevin Carius in studio from 7 to 8. He was in the world's longest baseball game. We'll see how that went for Kevin and the Eskimo show with Morley Scott from 8 to 9. His guests will include Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley. Okay. We are counting down to hockey season. Of course, the uh, ribbon cutting for Rogers Place will be 
on Thursday, the big open house to the public. Around 55,000 tickets have been claimed for that. That'll be uh, on Saturday, September 10th. Uh, so big, big day Saturday. We got the uh, open house, and then we have the uh, Eskimos game on Saturday, 3.30 for the pregame show, 5 o'clock for the kickoff right here on 6.30. Chad, members of the Oilers have started to skate at Rogers Place. I want you to check this out. Matt Hendricks, pretty popular member of the Oilers was on Bob Stoffer with Oilers now earlier today. Bob said, "Hey Matt, can a 19-year-old like Connor McDavid be a captain in the NHL?" Well, I think it's been proven before that it, that they can. You know, I think history will repeat itself always and you know, I think if I don't want to I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but if you were to give it to Connor, he would he would be an excellent captain, without a doubt. He, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't have all the burden of all the leadership, uh, you know, in right. year one. He would, you know, he would dip his feet in the water and, and he would learn and he would sit back and, and 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 make this his team because at the end of the day, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be Connor's team. And we want him to be the leader because we want to get behind him and follow because he's the best player definitely here in Edmonton, if not the best player in the game right now. How how important in that scenario is it if it, if it is Connor? I mean, it, you said it's going to be his team. That guys like Milan Lucic and yourself and, and it, maybe a Patrick Maroon that came from another organization and is looking to progress and mature here in Edmonton uh, to, to, you know, support and make sure, hey, he's he's got that backup at all times. Oh, you're, that's a hundred percent. That's that's going to be very important. Um, you know, we we talk a little bit about our to- our team being selfless in terms of putting putting the team in front of yourself, in front of in front of anything that you any of any of the goals that you have personal goals. You got to put the team ahead of you. And I think Connor does that already. I think his his number one in the back of his mind is to is to win. And you know, it's, it's easy to follow a guy that wants to win when he plays and works like he does. Well, little Matt Hendricks from Oilers now earlier today. Uh, again, no doubt in my mind. If there is doubt in yours, I'm not sure why there would be. You can tell me why by texting 630-630 if there is. No doubt in my mind, Connor McDavid will be the captain of the Edmonton Oilers probably in a month or so, depending on when he gets back from the World Cup of Hockey. Uh, of course, he's uh, currently at training camp with Team North America. I actually saw somebody wearing a Team North America jersey around Edmonton earlier uh, or over the weekend. And I was like, well, uh, good for you. Good for you. Nothing like having a jersey that'll last you a month. <laughs> but uh, uh, in all seriousness, Con- Connor McDavid is going to be the captain of the Oilers. I don't think anybody has has a problem with it. I, I mean, I think being around the, the team, even relatively early into last season before McDavid got hurt, I already think he had earned a, a lot of respect for his drive and his, his leadership and his selflessness and, and all that kind of stuff. So he'll be the captain. I mean, I think you can pretty much uh, hear Hendricks giving his stamp of approval in that clip. So, uh, of course, uh, the Oilers preseason, what are we, about three weeks away? from a preseason game already against the Calgary Flames opener on October 12th, pre- uh, regular season opener against the Flames on Wednesday, October 12th in Rogers Place. And uh, Stephen Mandel uh, was in studio with me last night on Inside Sports. Uh, Stephen sat down with me for a full hour. You can get the full interview by going to the Inside Sports page on 630chat.com. I asked Mandel about his level of satisfaction with uh, the arena deal. 
I'd guess that if I look back upon it today, looking back, um, I don't think it could ever been as, as good as it has been. Um, the building is, I, I have, I've seen the inside of it, not totally finished. It's spectacular. Uh, it represents the greatness of the city, which we need to have. Um, we have the Oilers signed here for 35 years, and whatever people want to say, there was a relatively decent chance that if we couldn't come up with a deal, they would relocate. Uh, we have a, a, an iconic building downtown, and we have several more iconic buildings being built uh, that are going to you know, set a standard in Western Canada uh, that we didn't have before. Our downtown is coming alive, and uh, as our economy starts to come back and whatever number of years that's going to be, Edmonton will be incredibly well poised to, to continue to build as a great, a great Western city and great Canadian city. All right, so a, a little snippet there from Stephen Mandel. He was on with me last night. I mean, you heard him say it, that it, without a new rink, there was a decent chance that the Oilers would have relocated. Uh, I think that's pretty... I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if Daryl Cates would have moved the team himself and been the owner in another city, or if he just would have said, well, I couldn't get the arena, so I'm selling the team to whoever, and if they move it, it it's out of my hands. But the Oilers would very unlikely would have been viable here long-term. Mandel also saying last night, and if you remember the story from several years ago, the plans... I mean, I get to ask this a lot. What was wrong with, with Rexall Place, or now Northlands Coliseum, as it's back to being known? What, what was wrong with that? Well, the plans to renovate it, would have cost, you know, depending on what number you go with, a third to a half of what a new arena cost, and the seating capacity would have been lowered to a little over 13,000. And that's that's not NHL capacity. So you might as well just build a new one. If the team would have left, you know how Edmonton could have potentially got an NHL team back? By building a new arena. I, I mean, that's it's just the formula. I know some of you don't like it, but that that's the formula, and that's the reality. And I, and I want you to think of this, too. I mean, look, in Edmonton, we're obviously Edmonton-centric. We're Oilers-centric. Why wouldn't we be? This is where we live. This is what we're passionate about. In the big picture of the NHL, the, the big picture of the NHL, I would venture to say a lot of owners probably wouldn't go to bat, go to bat for keeping a team in Edmonton if it came down to it. Right, I mean, if you're pick a pick a big American city, and you hear Daryl Cates is going to move the Oilers to wherever Seattle, Las Vegas, Kansas City, Tallahassee, are are you flipping out about it? You're probably like, okay, whatever, like, you know, like that. Unfortunately, that that's that's the landscape. It would have been a big deal here. Uh, I, I don't know if it really would have resonated. So, yeah, I, I, I think if it would have reached that point, I don't think the Board of Governors and the owners w- would have tried to block it, right? Now, Gary Bettman worked hard at it. He wanted to keep the team here, but if it came down to there being no building, it, w- it would have been lights out. I mean, it, it really would have been. That, that's just the stark reality of how it goes in not just the NHL and not just in Canada, in pro sports in general. It is 616. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. We're going to catch up with a guy who was one of the most popular Oilers when he played. Remains pretty popular as well. He's now getting into team ownership. Ryan Smith, when we get back, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Fifth inning, Blue Jays now leading the Yankees 2-1. Blue Jays coming into tonight's contest with a one-game lead on Boston for first in the American League East. They're uh, two up 
on Baltimore. Boston will play later on tonight. They are in San Diego. As for the Orioles, a 3-1 lead for them, top of the fourth against Tampa Bay. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilkins with you. It is Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, tonight, well, news today out of the uh, league I used to cover, the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Uh, the owner of the Spruce Grove Saints, Darren Myshack, announcing today that he has uh, been joined by some other people in the ownership group, Dan and Lindsay LeKelt, who are the uh, owners of the Stony Plain Eagles, and this guy, former Edmonton Oiler, Ryan Smith. Ryan, welcome, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Reed, for having me on. Yeah, you're adding a, uh, another line to your uh, long and accomplished hockey resume. Team owner. Man, uh, jumping into the ownership group with the Spruce Grove Saints. How did this come about, Ryan? Well, that's sure a different chapter for sure. Um, uh, it came about through uh, Mr. Uh, Lindsay LeKelt. Uh, Dan and Lindsay LeKelt, they have uh, uh, a business called Silent Air. And um, we just got talking uh, last year. He actually owns the Stony Plain Eagles and asked me if I wanted to play then. So, sure enough, I ended up playing. And then uh, this came about throughout the summer. And he was like, uh, we'd love to have you on board as part of the ownership group. Would you like to come on board? And I'm like, whoa. Well, let me think about it. And I uh, talked with uh, my wife, Stacy, and uh, you know, thought it would be a great, uh, great avenue to um, open up and see... Uh, see the different side of, uh, of the business of the game and obviously have a great deal of passion for the game and uh, no better place uh, here in uh, in the city of Edmonton and surrounding areas of uh, uh, like Spruce Grove and uh, it's a great community so um, this is uh, another chapter that I'm really looking forward to. What was this on your mind uh, late in your playing career or after you retired that managing owning or something like that was it was a path you wanted to to go down or was it more of a a, a new uh, interest for you yeah great question reed because uh later on in my career you know you start uh, gravitating to what's next and um you know i had uh, some opportunities earlier on uh, uh earlier on in my career to get on board with um the salmon arm silverbacks at one point and um and then uh you know you you think of the like i played in the dub so yeah my interests were there in the whl and you know there's been some opportunities that have popped up but uh just hadn't sit well with uh, myself and my family at this time so and then this came i mean it just uh, makes uh makes sense that uh it's great here in our backyard um you know uh, the history in itself with the, the organization going forward uh, um, from the past going forward is is great uh, great also well I mean the, they, the Saints have been I guess along with Brooks out of the south but from a north division standpoint um, I mean if the Saints ask you to get involved I imagine you'd have to think about that given what a successful franchise they've been. I mean, and the coaches they've had, Steve Hamilton, one example, have moved on to to other levels. So, I mean, you're certainly joining a franchise that has just been an absolute power over the last decade. Yeah, great success, uh, not only players, but uh, also in the uh, the coaching side of things. So, 
I mean, you look back in the day with, uh, I know it was St. Albert Saints uh, with Messier back there um, being a part of it. So there's quite a bit of history, and uh, to be a part of this uh, franchise uh, moving forward is, uh, um, you know, I owe a lot to uh, Dan and Lindsay LeCelt. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, Darren, uh, my shack runs it now, so uh, now that we're on board with uh, the four of us, uh, hopefully the... Uh, the ship will continue in the right direction. Oh, I'm curious how, I mean, I can't see you as a Mark Cuban type guy that's going to be uh, <laughs> behind the bench <laughs> yelling at the at the referees. Uh, I mean, do you think you'll kind of stay in the shadows a little bit or how do you look at your, your role here? Yeah, no, I, I want to come out uh, and watch. Uh, like I said, I've been part of the community for numerous years. This is home. Um, I want to come out and watch the games. Uh, I'm not going to get to every game, obviously. Uh, uh, you know, family permits. Uh, I got four kids and chasing them and, and uh, you know, holding down Ford as much as I can. But uh, absolutely want to be in the uh, community and, and uh, um, learn. I want to learn. I want to grow. And you never know what happens from, uh, from that side going forward. Ryan Smith joining us on Inside Sports. All right, uh, I got to ask you, and maybe you don't know yet, um, but I, we, we talked last year when you uh, decided to play for the Stony Plain Eagles in the uh, Chinook League. Are you are you going to play this year, Ryan? Have you made a decision there yet? I have not made a decision there yet. Um, I uh, I have an invitation there. Um, obviously, my partner keeps pushing for me, so. Um, no, I haven't made a decision. Obviously, I've had a few other uh, fire, uh, irons in the fire right now with, uh, uh, with uh, other talks with other uh, teams. So it's it's um, you know, it's a time commitment for sure. Uh, very very small minimal compared to an NHL thing. But uh, at the end of the day, love the game, have the passion for the game, and I love being on the ice. And uh, I can't wait till. The Heritage Classic, too. Oh, right. You're, you're going to be on the uh, alumni team, eh? That's right. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty fortunate and blessed to uh, to lace him up finally with Krebs. Yeah, finally. Played that's for that's going to be... Played for him at the Olympics. But <laughs> now to lace him up with him, that's uh, pretty special. Yeah. Childhood that's... hero. Yeah, that's going to be uh, a fun game for sure. What do you remember about um, playing outdoors in, uh, when was that, 2003? Uh, yeah, cold. Yeah. Very cold. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I know it's October, and it is early, but it's winter peg. So we got to be very careful. We don't we never know what we're going to get out there. So uh, we'll bundle up. We'll make sure we're prepared and uh, enjoy ourselves. Well, that's going to be a fun weekend. Um, you know, I, I think the fact that uh, that Connor McDavid is is an Oiler probably uh, helped determine which Canadian team the, the Jets were going to play. I mean, we saw McDavid play half a season last year. Um, I don't know if you ever played with anybody as fast as him, but you played with some really good playmaking centers with with good vision, or, or you know, other forwards for that matter, not just center. What's what's the key to playing with a guy where? You know, you might not think he can see you, but then he might find a way to to get you the puck. Uh, you know, what's it like playing with a guy with great vision? Well, I've been fortunate to play with some great uh, great centermen or wingers in in, in my career. Uh, 
couple of the guys that stand out is Zanje Kopitar. Another one is Dougie uh, Dougie Wade for sure. Um, I think Dougie Wade had the vision. Obviously, he doesn't have the speed that Connor McDavid uh, has. But uh, wow, I mean, you just get yourself uh, available. Your stick on the ice, he'll hit it. And uh, I know Connor. Uh, you know, we did see him only a little bit of half a year last year, but uh, he is—he uh, is an elite player. I've never seen a player in my career come out of a major surgery or an injury and perform the way he did. Uh, that says a, a lot about not only his uh, um, his character, but uh, how he is professionally handling himself uh, away from the game. So. Yeah, he's young. He's he's able to heal, but uh, I remember having some uh, major uh, surgeries, and I couldn't bounce back like that. Yeah, you're right. Takes sometimes. Uh, you know, the guys got to wait through the summer before they get back to full speed. I got to throw you one more. You, you got any tickets for games at Rogers Place yet, or uh, <laughs> you should try to go to the new barn as soon as possible. <laughs> I don't have any tickets yet, but uh, looking forward to uh, getting. Uh, um, a nice tour of it eventually, hopefully uh, uh, sooner than later. That would right. be great. Right on. Well, it's going to be fun and a great opportunity for you, Ryan. All, all the best with the uh, Spruce Grove Saints, and I'll, I'll keep an eye on your playing career, however it develops in the months to come, man. Really appreciate your time. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Reed. Thanks for having me on. Good stuff. That is Ryan Smith checking in tonight, now part owner of the Spruce Grove Saints in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. The Saints have been great in uh, recent seasons. This is Inside Sports on 630. Ched, we're going to keep rolling with some great guests. In the next half hour, we'll be joined by Dan Shulman. He's the play-by-play voice for the Toronto Blue Jays on Sportsnet. It's from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. And Matt Hendricks saw Oilers now earlier today looking ahead to the upcoming season. Obviously we did make some changes in our roster but let's not forget we're a year older too. You know the guys that have been in Edmonton are a year older, a year mature. They've got more games under their belt, so we need to continue to, to get better. And I think uh, as players get a little bit older, a little bit more weathered, that that we're gonna that we're gonna see that that their games are gonna flourish even more. All right, that is Matt Hendricks on Oilers now earlier today. He also said Oscar Clefbaum out skating with the group, and he looks good. A lot of questions about Oscar Clefbaum after he missed uh, the final 50 games of last season. It is expected that Oscar Clefbaum will be paired with new addition Adam Larson when the season gets going. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630. Chad, you can text 630-630. This texter says, is Ryan Smith going to play for the Eagles next year? Well, as you uh, maybe missed him saying in that interview, he is thinking about it. He has an invitation to play for the Eagles. Uh, We'll see if he dives back in and plays more senior hockey. Uh, this texter says, has uh, Ryan seen the new rink? Well, we talked a bit about that at the end of the interview. And any chance of renaming the Saints to the Mullets? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. There's got to be a team out there somewhere in some level of minor pro hockey named the Mullets. 
maybe they're just all rec league teams. I don't know. That'd be a, a, a beauty of a name for a team. Thanks for those texts. You can also call in 780-496-0063. And uh, the email is inside sports at 630 chat.com. Okay, uh, in about 10 minutes or so, we'll, uh, we're going to bring in Dan Shulman, play-by-play voice for the Toronto Blue Jays on Sportsnet, uh, widely respected uh, broadcaster who's had a great career. He'll share some stories with us. Kevin Carius will slide in tonight, the Eskimo show with Morley Scott from 8 to 9. Just want to uh, go over some of the uh, Stephen Mandel clips from last night. He was in with me first hour of inside sports rogers place of course getting set what, what do we have a concert already is it next uh what is it the 15th or the 16th for keith urban the 16th for the keith 16th, urban. are you going no i wish well try to get a ticket i like keith urban i've seen him like four or five times is so. he the one that's married to nicole kidman yes sir was well, nicole kidman going to be in edmonton maybe i think she was i think she was last time does she travel that's a good question well i mean i'm sure she travels does she travel with keith urban I'm sure she does at some points. What are some of the other concerts? We've got Drake at the Drake, end of the month. He's uh, doing a couple, isn't he? Yes. Kanye West. Chicago, Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's and two different bands, right? Yes. Chicago, comma, or Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire. I think they're playing together, it sounds oh, like. Oh, they do it all together? They're all doing it all together, it sounds like. Oh, that's exciting. And, of course, today they added Cirque du Soleil, December 22nd to 26th. They're going to do Rogers a Christmas Place. Day show? I don't know, December 22nd to 26th. Are you sure about those dates? I'm sure, 22 to 26th. All right. Cirque du Soleil. Uh, if you're interested as well, you can go to rogersplace.com. They did unveil the uh, the menu for the mini concessions around Rogers Place, so if you're interested in that kind of thing, you can go to the web and check it out. Did you see there's uh, going to be a uh, uh, a cocktail named the Rod Phillips? I did. How about that, eh? I oh, may have you, to try you know, it. Like, you know, like Rod Phillips, whatever, thousands of games respected and, and loved broadcaster in this city called five Stanley Cup champions, but you really haven't made it until you have a drink named after you. So really, Rod Phillips now on the same level as Arnold Palmer and Shirley Temple. I can't think of anybody else that has a drink named after them. Now, what would the Wilkie be if they had one? What would the Wilkie be? Uh, if, they, uh, if they had a drink named the Reed Wilkins? I don't know. I call it the Wilkie. Be, it would have to be a cocktail, and I, I, I don't drink cocktails. I just enjoy uh, craft beer. Maybe Alley Cat could make a, uh, a beer and name it after me. That sounds like a good thing, man. Yeah, just have uh, my picture on the front of the label. That'd be something people would want to pick up. Uh, this texture says, I don't care what others say. I love a guy with a mullet. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, Pistol Pete says... Speaking of mullets, Yarmir Yager has a new modeling commercial that is in the Czech Republic only. He has a little wink at the end. Man, he's a beauty. Thanks. That is from Pistol Pete. All right. I, did, I didn't realize that. It's got to be on YouTube, eh? Oh, I'm sure it is. We'll have to look for that. Yarmir Yager with a new mullet commercial. All right, I didn't think we'd be talking about mullets so much tonight, but that's uh, that's fun. Uh, Stephen Mandel was on with me last night, and I asked him about Gary Bettman's involvement 
in the arena negotiations a few years ago. Gary Batman, in my opinion, was uh, absolutely essential to the uh, success of our negotiations. Uh, Mr. Batman deeply wanted to keep a team in Edmonton, but realized the complications of, uh, of the size of our arena, the, the age of our arena, and knowing that we needed some new facility. Um, but uh, he was um, so good to work with. Um, he was fantastic. I, uh, you hear many people talk negatively about Mr. Batman. I can tell you, and, and Edmontonian should be incredibly pleased uh, that he was on our side. And I don't mean that he was not on Daryl's side or not on the Oilers' side, but he wanted to see our city have an opportunity to have a new facility to keep our team here for a long time. Um, you know, the H- NHL signed an, a part of the agreement to keep the team here too. Like, it's not just the Oilers. It's the NHL or part of the agreement. He was fantastic. Uh, I cannot say enough about him and, and the role he played in making sure this uh, our deal got done. All right, Stephen Mandel on uh, Inside Sports last night. Jim says the uh, menu for Rogers Place looks great, but what about the prices? Should we still have supper before the game or what? You know what? I don't know what the prices are. I didn't go to the menu unveil today. Uh, it's online. I don't see any prices. Uh, we all know what uh, concession prices can be like. I, 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 well, you should have supper before the game, Jim. You should not go without eating. But I, I'm not going to tell you where to eat or how to, how to spend your money. Sorry, buddy. Uh, uh, Steve texting it. Uh, Roy Rogers has a drink named after him. Forgot about that one. So we're up to four. This texture says, hey, Reed, is there something to the Oilers signing Mike Richards? Yeah, there might be. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a PTO. I, I would think, I think Jim Matheson wrote this a few days ago, though, that the Richards agent thinks that with Richards' reputation is such that he should just flat out get a contract, not a tryout offer. So I think he's holding out for that. Peter Shirelli did say they have extended a... Um, they have extended a PTO to a, a center, right, Matthew? That's all he said. Obviously, didn't okay. say who it was. So very well. We'll see where that goes. I was going to say if Devin Sedaguchi can get a PTO, I think we can give Mike Richards a PTO. Yeah, who did he get one with? The Leafs? The Los Angeles. Or Kings. sorry, the Kings. He was with the. He got one with the Leafs last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but, but again, I mean, put yourself in Richards' situation. You're going to see if you can actually get a contract, right? I mean, nobody wants a, a PTO. I mean, Richards, he's clearly dropped off. But he's hoping somebody looks at his reputation for leadership being on the Olympic team. You know, right. he's had some off-ice issues and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Uh, Jim says, I always liked Gary Bettman, never understood why he gets booed. Well, part of it now is just tradition. Like, cities almost compete with each other to see how, how severely they can boo Gary Bettman. I've been to the last three drafts. Now, Philly booed him the most. But it's just it's it's just insane. And when he comes out to present the Stanley Cup, people boom. It's it's almost just become like a a tradition. It's like the Eskimos fight song. Uh, Yakushev, he's a good texter. He says, "I just picked up a coffee, and Tim Hortons has fancy new cups stating that they are the official coffee of the World Cup." But I kill. I still can't figure out what the heck the logo on the cup is supposed to represent. A slightly confused Yakushev. I'm getting all these texts that I wasn't prepared for. Mullets. Uh, I'm gonna. Did have you seen a Tim Hortons World Cup of Hockey cup? No, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna Google it right now. So was was it the logo for the tournament? Maybe. Maybe that could be. 
Uh, let me see here. It's probably it's probably the logo for the tournament, Yakushev. Have you compared them, or is it, is it one of the country logos? Is it Team North America, or Yakushev could be totally joking? I don't know. Uh, Jackie says, really looking forward to this season. The acquisition of size in our top six adds an element to the team that has been lacking for several years. Speaking of mullets, can you rock a mean mullet, Reed? Uh, no. I don't think I'd. I don't think I'd be able to pull off a mullet. I've never had really long hair. Uh, Sean says, Reed reaching way back. Julius Caesar and Mary Queen of Scots have drinks named after them. Oh, there we go. Uh, Dr. Don says, uh, Reed, you don't know the prices for the concessions at Rexall Place. You are not talking about it because you were told not to. Wow. Dr. Don's got the paranoia knob turned up to 11 tonight. No, I literally don't know the prices. And they're on the internet, so or they're, they're, not, they're not on the internet. If they were, I could just look them up and read them off. I don't know what the concessions prices are going to be, and quite frankly, I'm not that interested. Uh, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Okay, uh, I asked Stephen Mandel last night if he was ever nervous on whether or not, uh, if, or did he ever start thinking on a read deal might not get done? I don't think so. I always felt that there was a deal to be had. Um, you just had to find the right ingredients that would work for um, the Cates Group and, and the Oilers and the City of Edmonton and its citizens. You know, it's it's when things are real simple, uh, they they tend to be simple. But when they're complicated like this was, remember we're signing an arrangement with the, uh, the Oilers for 35 years. I think that's what they finally ended up. So everybody has to look at, you know, Susang looking out 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, and that. That in itself is, is very difficult. If it would have been a five-year lease, I'm sure it would have been relatively easy to do because after five years, if it doesn't go well, then goodbye. But we can't spend the kind of money on this kind of a facility and expect to uh, allow people to leave after you know a few years if things don't go as well as everybody expects. All right, you can get that uh, full Mandel interview on 630Ched.com. Uh, this texture says, hi, Reed. It's Mike. Tim Horton's cop I had today was the Team Canada logo. Uh, Mike adds, you'd have to be an idiot not to know what the logo was. <laughs> well, I'm sure Yakushev. Here's the thing. I, I would imagine they have, and I, when I go to Tim Horton's, I get an ice cap. I don't, I, I don't actually drink coffee. So I, I would guess they have all the team logos, right? And North America and Europe are, they're not, they don't look like country flags, or they're not obviously country flags. So maybe Yakushev had one of those. Maybe he's joking around. I don't know. Uh, Richard says, who, who exactly is the nutcake that says he likes Gary Bettman? <laughs> uh, Gary Bettman has watered down the NHL product and single-handedly fixed it so no Canadian team ever wins the Stanley Cup again. He introduced... Uh, Parody and overexpanded, and he uh, ruined the Canada Cup. All right. Well, I don't. Wow. There's there's the there's the the tinfoil hat people are texting in tonight. Come on, Richard. He hasn't fixed anything. If he if he didn't want a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup, then he would fix it so the Leafs and the Oilers hadn't won the last two draft lotteries. Right? He wouldn't want Canadian teams getting any good players. Right? So let's let's settle down a little bit. 
Uh, Pistol Pete says Burt Reynolds has a shot named after him. It's delicious. And Sean says the concession prices are easy to know. Figure out how much your kids are worth and then double that for each item. Well, how do you put a value on your child, though, Sean? It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is going to be great. One of my favorite broadcasters, Blue Jays play-by-play voice Dan Schulman, when we get back. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, the Blue Jays lead the Yankees 2-1 in the bottom of the sixth. The man calling this game on Sportsnet is Dan Schulman. I was able to talk to him this afternoon. Great to have him on the show. Dan, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm well, Reed. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, how's, how's the Big Apple? Is that one of the, the best stops uh, on the tour? That's what all the hockey guys tell me anyway. Uh, it is good. I, I mean, I, I, New Yankee Stadium doesn't have quite the uh, the vibe and the atmosphere that old Yankee Stadium had for me, but it's still New York. It's a great city, and, and uh, you know, it's always special to, to do a game involving, I guess, baseball's most historic team, and they're hanging around in the playoff race this year, so this is meaningful for both teams. Um, I mean, you've, you've you got to travel all the major league cities. I know you've probably been on uh, tons of uh, campuses with uh, doing college basketball and tournament games and all that kind of stuff. Uh, do I dare ask who has the rowdiest fans, or have you ever had that moment where you've looked around a, a campus and been like, I can't believe these people? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I would say college basketball generally is rowdier than baseball. Part of that is you you know, you have all those 18 to 22-year-olds, but uh, Kansas is fantastic. Duke is fantastic. You know, sometimes rowdy's not necessarily a good thing. I've been to a couple of campuses where I think the behavior's a little bit over the line, but in terms of, you know, great rowdy atmospheres, Kansas and Duke are, are my two favorite college basketball venues. Well, I, did, uh, I mean, I've never been, but does, doesn't Duke also have the reputation for maybe uh, over the line sometimes? <laughs> I don't know how much you hear when you're doing the game, but yeah, not not as much as some others. There are three or four others that come to mind. I, you know, I don't need to name. I don't need to, to yeah. trash any suit bodies. But uh, no, but I think Duke is good. They're pretty creative. They're choreographed. There are a couple of things they do that I, you know, if I were in charge, I would say, you know what, guys, you're better than that. You don't need to do that. But it's nothing. It's nothing really vulgar or anything like that. There are a couple that are really vulgar. But I, I think Duke is yeah, is a great atmosphere. Kansas is my all-time favorite place to go. It feels like I'm walking back into the 1950s when I go into Allen Fieldhouse. But, uh, you know, baseball crowds are different, obviously. There are 162 games. You get a lot of older people, a lot of families, not as many students. So, uh, But, you know, in, in terms of rowdy, baseball crowds you know what's going on in toronto right now is about as uh, as good as anywhere but i, I would say the rowdiest places i've ever been are, are our college campuses well i'm glad you mentioned the crowds in toronto because i, I was looking on your twitter account from a couple of days ago uh is it true you've been to four of the most significant game maybe the four most significant games in in in, blue, in terms of the ones that were held in toronto in blue jays history yeah, you know, Go ahead. Well, sorry. Well, one of them, yeah, one of them was actually in Cleveland. But it, it's funny. My son just said to me, he goes, "You were at opening day, right? '77." And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "You were Dave Steve's no hitter in 1990, which was in Cleveland." And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "You were at Joe Carter's home run." And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "And you were at Jose Bautista's." And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "I wonder if anybody else has been to all four of those games." And and. I don't know the answer to that. I think maybe there might be a Blue Jay employee or two who has. Um, I don't. Jerry Howard wasn't there in 1977, so I don't think that he was. So I put it out there on Twitter, and, and nobody came back with all four. So who knows? But it was just something funny that my son came up with, and, and uh, it made me think, you know, uh, pretty lucky to have been at all of those. 
Now, in in uh, so in '77, obviously you were, you were a kid. You were there as a, you were there as yeah. a fan already. Okay, and then okay, so that's cool. Um, you know, I th- a lot of Canadians have been have been watching you and enjoying your calls for a, a long time. And I, and I don't mean you to dust off the entire resume, but what was the what was what was the path for you? I mean, did, did you set out to be like, hey, I want to do Blue Jeans, I want to do baseball, or how did it develop for you? Uh, that's a long story. I mean, I was at uh, Western University of Western Ontario, now called Western University, and I worked at the campus radio station there. And when I graduated, uh, after a few months of doing something else, got a job at a, at a station in Barrie, north of Toronto, and then eventually got to uh, the predecessor of the fan, the all-sports station in Toronto. Uh, and then the big break I got was um, getting a chance to start doing some play-by-play and, uh, and eventually getting offered the Blue Jays job in 1995. But no, when, when I got to the fan and was doing talk radio and pre- and post-game shows on the Blue Jays radio broadcast, that's, I thought I had, uh, you know, I thought that that would be my career for uh, forever. And I would have been happy if it was. And, and it, it just took kind of a different turn when some play-by-play things opened up. And I had a little bit of experience just from Western, really, doing play-by-play. And um, and I realized that's what I wanted to try to do. As much as I love talk radio, uh, play-by-play was what I you know, really was the number one thing on my list. And I got a huge break when the job came open. Jim Houston went back to Vancouver and, and concentrated on hockey at that point. So um, that that led to ESPN, and, and I've just been really, really lucky for many years. Dan Schulman joining us inside Sports on 630 Chat. Dan, just a, a couple more for you. Did you have a favorite uh, you have a favorite call from your career? you have one you look back on and say, man, I nailed that? Uh, I don't think of it that way. I mean, I have favorite moments from my career. Um, uh, one would be I did the uh, the Steve Bartman game, the Cub game, where the where Bartman the fan, you know, touched the ball that Moises Alou was trying to catch, and the Marlins went on to win the NLCS in in Game Seven. Uh, lucky enough to do the World Series in 2000. Since 2011, the first one I did was when David Freeze. Uh, had the big hit in the ninth inning to tie it, and then the game-winning home run in the 11th inning of Game 6 to win it. If I had a favorite call, it might actually be from a college basketball game. Uh, so I don't know how many people you know, might have seen it um, you know, north of the border, but uh, Indiana was playing Kentucky. Kentucky was number one undefeated, and a guy named Christian Watford hit a shot at the buzzer to win the game. It was one of those where the ball's in the air as the horn goes off, and, and uh, it was just really exciting. I mean, I've been, I've been lucky enough to be at a lot of exciting games, but that was a call that I... Uh, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, but that's a call I felt really good about. All right, and and before I let you go, uh, Blue Jays, uh, with the lead in the uh, AL East, obviously it remains tight. I mean, Texas is having a great season. Cleveland uh, doing well. Detroit's still kind of hanging around. Who do, you, uh, who do you look as perhaps most dangerous to the Blue Jays here as we go towards the playoffs? Uh, I think it's the Blue Jays. <laughs> I think they're. Uh, I, I think they can be their own worst enemy sometimes. Like you know, yesterday afternoon they played a bad baseball game, and and there's some real. I, I think Texas is the best team in the league. I think Boston is is really good. If Boston's pitching is okay, they're going to be great. Their their offense is kind of like the Blue Jay offense of last year. I think the Blue Jays can be their own biggest problem or biggest enemy because they play a great game and then they play a lousy game. You know, and they get a great start and then they. The, the next start isn't so good and then they swing the bats great and then they don't swing the bats at all it, it, it's a little bit mystifying right now there's a lot of talent on this team but texas is really good boston is really good detroit's good and really hot right now and and you know cleveland's not to be taken lightly so i, I think it's going to be a dogfight for the blue jays to win the division and it's not going to be easy for them to even make the playoffs uh, there are teams just two games behind them 
who are fighting for playoff spots, and there's still, what, 25, 26 games to go. So um, they're going to have to play well. They, I don't think they're going to be able to back their way into the playoffs. Dan, awesome to have you on the show. I know you're busy, so thank you so much for joining us on Inside Sports in Edmonton. All right, you got it. Take care. Great to have him on the show, Dan Shulman. I tell you what, he mentioned that call he had doing an Indiana-Kentucky game in basketball about five years ago. We're, we're going to play that for you when we get back. Plus, Kevin Karius from Global will make his weekly appearance. Hey, he's coming in even though he played in the world's longest baseball game all weekend. It's Inside Sports on Chet. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.